child, I ate spinach because whenever Popeye was in a jam, he'd pull out that can of spinach from his back pocket, squeeze it, and a la carte, all of a sudden, Popeye was powerful, able to defeat the greatest Brutus. So Popeye does not appear in this week's Parsha, unlike the advertisement that I placed in front of you. But remember his girlfriend, Olive Oil? She is featured in the very beginning of this Parsha, which is kind of strange because the previous Parsha talks about the building of the tabernacle, the different parts of the furnishings of the tabernacle. And this Parsha talks about the clothing of the coin and then goes back to the furnishing of the incense altar, which is an interesting footnote in itself that it's out of place. But the very beginning of this week's Torah reading describes olive oil. No, not Popeye's girlfriend, really. But the product that was used to create the light of the menorah. And it's like put there in the middle. We're not talking about daily service in the temple yet. We're not talking about how the tabernacle would eventually function. We are talking about some of the functionaries, how the Kohenim have to be dressed, but that is the furniture for the Kohen. There's furniture that's placed in the tabernacle, and there's furniture that's worn. So that's the accoutrement, as we know in shopping. It's all about accessories. Those are accessories. But the olive oil is, in the very, very beginning of this week's Torah reading, is to create shemen zayiz zoch kosis lama'or lahalos ner tamid is to create, to produce an olive oil that's pure, that's crushed, that's beaten, in order to illuminate and be part of the service. Why the interruption? Why the placement of the olive oil in the very middle of the building of the tabernacle and the role of the priests? What's very unique about olive oil and its description in the Torah is the fact that the more it's crushed, the more it's beaten, the more it's pressed, the purer the oil. And that, my friends, is what it means to dwell with God. That's what it means to live in this world, on this planet. And that is a tremendous message. We're here to create light. But light does not necessarily, at least in its most pure form, light does not necessarily come from those joyous moments. They're great. Happiness, celebration, success. Those produce tremendous light. But the purest light, the light of her soul, is most powerful when there's that pounding, that crushing, that stress, the why me, 
Why this? Why now? How can I? That's what produces the most powerful illumination in our lives. That's when we're the greatest teachers because everything that we go through, people watch us. Our children, our grandchildren, our spouses, our neighbors, our friends, our family, our co-workers, they're watching us. And they understand that when we're pressed, it's usually, it's likely to become and respond to that pressure with the stressors in our lives. And those stressors can be an avalanche of fear, of pain, of anger, uncertainty. They can be overwhelming. But when we respond with breathing in that light and blowing out the darkness, like our children of kids kicking cancer do on a regular basis, when we respond with that light, the impact is extraordinary. Two nights ago, I was on the phone with a young woman in a hospital, pre-surgery, having terrible pain, and for multiple reasons could not take use of many of the narcotics available to lower that pain. And literally hearing her cry and the stabs of pain going through her, and we focused on breathing in the light and blowing out the darkness, but letting her know that her family's watching her. Her parents are learning from her. Her friends are learning from her. Then every time that she could breathe in that light and blow out the darkness and say that Baruch Hashem, that is impactful. That is powerful. That is real. That is illuminating. And that's the core. And listening to her breath begin to regulate and the calmness that began to come through her body as she learned not to be afraid of the crushing, not to be challenged by that which could potentially overcome her because it can't. Because we live in a tabernacle. We live in God's tabernacle. And even though at times it could be painful, we're never abandoned. And there's a purpose. There's a purpose for each one of us. The stressors, the disappointments, the failures, the frustration. Yeah, it's great if we had a can of spinach in our back pocket. And that could make all the brutuses, I guess the plural would be brutai, disappear. But that's not how we live in our world. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. In the center of our tabernacle is the ability to respond to the deepest, the over, most overwhelming, and the most crushing of life events, of challenges. Sometimes they're chronic, sometimes they're acute, but they're always important. Because how we respond illuminates the planet. And that, my friends, is power, peace, purpose. Shabbat Shalom.